Amen. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Devil, you can't have my mind. Come on. Ooh, I, I love that. Thank God for our worship dancers, for that gift that God has given you to express that in such a powerful way. Devil, you can't have my mind, you can't have my soul, you can't have me. Come on. Come on, right? This morning something that we should emphatically be saying. This is a war cry because we look all over the land and, and this is no walk in the park, although we may act like it is. It's no walk in the park journey. Amen. The enemy is trying to stop us. But devil, you can't have us, right? You can't have my mind. And you know, that's where it starts, you guys, is in, the, in our mind. And we've got to be determined to say, devil, you can't have my mind. You can't have it. Who said that like that? No. <laughs> Devil, you can't have my mind. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning as we go to the word of God. For the word of God is what forearms us, gets us ready for whatever attack that the enemy would bring against us. If we have the word of God residing in us, we're going to be able to fight and have victory. Lord, we just thank you right now, God. We thank you for this glorious day. We thank you, God, that you are with us and for us fighting on our behalf. God, you even said that you would teach our hands to war, oh God. And so God, we're thankful this morning that we have you as the captain of our soul. God, we ask right now that you would bless us through the word. You would heal us through the word. You would deliver us. Oh God, you would take us another step higher in you. Oh God, bless everyone that is here this morning, those that are under the sound of my voice that may be listening online. Oh, God, bring healing, bring deliverance, bring freedom, God. Every time we come before your table to eat of your food, God, we have an expectation of strength and, and mercy and grace, God, giving us more courage to go on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. The children are, the children are going to be dismissed, amen, so they can go to their classrooms, amen. Thank you, Jesus. So precious to me. Every time I look around and see the children, it even gives me more determination. More determination to win this war, right? Because they got to live it, you know? And we might not be here with them always, but I pray that they can look back and say, oh, I remember auntie i remember sister i remember daddy i remember what they showed in their walk with god that we showed enough strength and we gave them enough word that when something comes up in their life and we're not here then they'll be able to grab hold right and still be strong uh, i'm so thankful i want to first say i'm thankful for um our women's empowerment and I'm, I'm so thankful that God um, changed the word from women's retreat. <laughs> we, do a, we do enough retreating, you know. But empowerment means we go to get empowered. We, we go to get more of God in our lives. So we're able to meet whatever's coming out of us in our daily lives with more power and more strength. And, and I do believe that um, God did just that. I want to thank that thank our dear uh, Mama D that um, showed us how to practice what we're learning, to daily practice. The whole, whole empowerment to me was like just God's tender love 
just blessing us, just showing us. Um, I think one of the greatest gifts that we all got to to um, um, be a part of was the three little girls that he sent up there. And, and never knew how blessed we would be by these three little beautiful girls that God sent up there that were just angels to our heart and joy. To every time we would turn around, it was almost like God was kissing us one more time and saying, you're my daughters. Here you are. I'm going to love on you again. And in their, in their um, innocence, how, how they could, um, how they could uh, bless us even in their innocence. You know, um, I, I, there was a moment in there, well, so many moments, but there was uh, the moment when they um, blessed Mother Allen was, was telling her story and at the end one of them comes and the Emiliana comes and she's listening to the story and we're making these boxes and she comes and she picks up a, one a word we had words to put on the boxes and she picked up the word queen and she she at she went up to Mother Allen and said may I and she took the box and she just glued on the word queen at, at, at such a such a time you know a, a pivotal time to me of mother allen going through the death of her grandson and that god would use this little baby to that even in her grief god wanted her to know you're my queen i'm with you and 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 that this this her intuitiveness are are just innocence to follow the leading of the holy spirit you know it was just it was just so beautiful at so many times that they would come and and it just really blessed me that they were there and even all all the all the way down to you know we had a certain age limit but um one of the babies she she what's her name i want to say it right person Persea. Okay, she's how old? Six. Okay, so the age was eight and up. And so Persea's had to stay home, you know, with the boys, but she really wanted to be there with the ladies. And so we asked the man uh, that's over the camp, and he was like, sure. And so she got to come, and it was just even her, her little sweet innocence of happy joy, just just to be there. I mean, she just touched my heart that she wanted to be there so bad. She wanted to be with the ladies. And I was like, oh, look at this. She wanted to be with the ladies. She wanted to be with her sisters. But it was just that way of them, just their innocence and loving God and loving us. And, and I, just, I just was blessed and blessed with all of the women. And I thought to myself, you know, this is, this is what God wants. And I don't know if you guys saw at the end of the dance where, toward the ends where, the, where the, all the ladies got down on their knees and they grabbed each other. They grabbed each other's uh -huh. and uh -huh. as to lock with yeah. each other to say, you're not in this alone, you know? Yeah, the, it's a war cry and there's a war going on, but we're not in this war alone. And what a beautiful thing is that we can lock arms like that and care so much. And it, it was so funny, I don't know why, at the end that it, while I was singing in praise and worship this morning, you know, I was thinking about, you know, I had many attacks coming against me. But then I saw uh, Amanda standing in front of me and then 
Katrina and Mother Allen, and, and I was like, devil, why do I feel so surrounded this morning? You know, I felt like, man, you come mess with me. Mess with me if you want to. Mess with me because I got, I know I got my sisters. I know, and see, that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be all about, is that we know that whatever season, that's why, that's why Minister Irene could stay up there after her grandson had died. Because she was surrounded by her sisters who, who enemy, you're not going to mess with her. We are right here with her. We're right here standing with her to cry with her, to hold her, to care. That's what it's all about. And sometimes we let the enemy steal that from us. And so we'd be like, I don't want to be around the body. I don't want to be around the women. I don't want to be around the men. I don't want to be around them. We let the enemy steal what is ours. That's our gift is the body of Christ, huh? That's our gift to be among one another and to feel that strength, that power, that connectivity, that knowing, that knowing that we are loved and that we are cared for and that we are surrounded. Look around you. You're surrounded. You're surrounded. You're so, don't you let that enemy take some little foo-foo minute or some little moment in time and now or some one person, because sometimes we take, well, I'm fighting for the church now, y'all, because there's a thing in me that fights for the church. I'm so tired of hearing people say, well, you know the church people don't love. Well, you know the church people don't do this. Well, you know the church. Now you're not the church. That's one person. Come on, the church is the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is being healed. The body of Christ is being delivered. And the body of Christ will be presented to him as a beautiful bride. And he's making us beautiful. You know, like before our wedding day, we're getting prepared, right? We don't have it all together, but we're getting it prepared. We're getting that dress. We're getting our face made up. We're getting, see, I'm saying there's a beautifying going on. We're not already, when we walk through that door, I, I remember how my husband looked when, uh, when I walked through the door like, and I said, he, he hasn't seen me quite like this before, right? Because there was a beautifying going on. And sometimes all we see is the ugly of getting prepared. And we give up on the church because God is preparing us. He's beautifying us. He's making, he's working, working on us, making us that bright. And we'd be like, I'm done with it. But I'm telling y'all, so y'all going to miss out on something if y'all don't stay around and see what the Lord's going to do. Because the Lord is going to present to himself. A glorious bride. And we're going to be surprised. We're going to be so surprised at some of the people that we wrote off. Thought was weird and crazy and stupid and mean and ugly that we wrote off. That's going to be a part of that bride presentation. And I'm telling you to hold on. Hold on, church. Hold on. Because God's got something he's doing in us. And the first thing he's doing in us that makes us beautiful is healing us. And that... That's what the woman empowerment, every time we go up, is digging a little deeper, getting to that root, getting to those places that we don't want to want exposed. We say we want healed, but 
sometimes we don't want these things exposed. But I just thank God that every time we go up more and more, more and more, things get exposed, things come forth, and God is healing us and taking us to another level in him. So today, I want us to, just our mind to go, Jesus wants to heal. There was one of the healings in the Bible was one of the men said, if, Lord, if you, if you want to heal me, he, the Lord was, Jesus was like, of course, I want to heal you. Jesus wants to heal us. And sometimes we, we say it, but we don't believe it. It's not just Jesus, heal me. It's to know that you know that you know that Jesus wants to. He wa- There's not anyone walking this whole earth that Jesus is saying, I don't want to heal him. I, I don't want to change him. I don't want to deliver him. He's too much. He's too dirty. She's too much. She's not worth. There's no one walking this earth that Jesus is saying that about. Jesus wants to heal you. Everybody said, Jesus wants to heal me. Jesus really wants to heal me. Say it with, we have girl, women up there, they knew how to say it with attitude. I, I, wish, I wish the one that was there that could really do it, we called her J-Dog. We wish she was here. She, uh, uh, she would have done it, okay? Jesus wants to heal me. He wants to heal me. And we've got to say that with conviction, conviction with a knowing. He wants, I'm a candidate for healing. There's nothing about me that's going to stop God from wanting to heal me. I mean, you might think so. <laughs> Come on, that's because sometimes that's what we worry about, that people know us in a certain way, and they think she's not worthy. She but in God's eyes, he wants to heal me. No matter what you know about me, no matter what you've heard about me, no matter how ugly you've seen me act this very day, Jesus wants to heal me, okay? I don't have to, I was thinking about um, a lot of us are waiting to get healed. You know, there's a, a lot of conversation about people that are trying to get their green card, their citizenship, you know, different cards that, that, that says you, you, you can be a part of. But see, a lot of us are waiting for our worthy card to present to God. And he's just waiting for you to receive the grace card. We're waiting till I get worthy to be healed, to get worthy to be delivered, get worthy that God repay me attention and, and my situation and my problem. Get worthy. And then God, then God. But God is like, all I'm waiting for you is to receive the grace card. I'm not, there's no, 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 no test you got to take. There's no, it's just receive my grace. Come on, receive his grace and reach out to him. And so the thought this morning is Jesus wants to heal, so reach for it. Jesus wants to heal, so reach for it. Don't, as I was coming to church, I thought about Jesus extending his hand out and we're in this dark, dark pit. And it's a dark pit and it's scary and, and he wants to bring us out. But I see his hand, his hand is going like this. But I see sometimes we're going like this in the pit 
scooting way, way back, 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 back in the pit because we feel so unworthy. We see the hand, but we're going. And God is saying, reach for it. Just reach for it. I, I want to pull you up out of here. I want to save you. I want to deliver you. I want to say, but reach for it. He's reaching out to us. You know, there's a song, the praise and worship singing, but I couldn't kind of remember, but it says he's reaching out to us. But, you know, usually when I say a song, they look at me like, what are you talking about? But he's reaching toward us, but he's reaching for us. There's a song we sing like that. But, and it's beautiful when I hear it. I'm just like, he's reaching for me. He's, yes, he's reaching for me. But God is like, that doesn't matter if I'm reaching for you and you're not reaching back. That, that sounds so beautiful because you know why, and I love how, how Mama D says it, you know why it sounds beautiful to me? Because I don't have to do the work. I don't have to do nothing. I don't want to have to do anything. Reach for me, pull me, stand me up, grab me, hold me. I don't have to do the work. See, that, but when you say reach, then we're like, we find every excuse in the world. You know, does he really want me? Does he really love me? Am I really love? So, so t- just to put our, sometimes we're so lazy, you know, spiritually lazy. Come on. We won't even raise our hand. God is like, come, 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 come. And we're, see, see, we're like, Lafaro, come. And what? Don't come yet. Okay, because you're, because <laughs> I, I, I know you would do it. Okay, but he's like, come, come, I want to help you. Come, I want to save you. Come, and we're sitting like Lafaro, because what we want him to do is go like this. We want him to literally come. He told us to come, but we say, you come, <laughs> God, you pick me up. You do something for me, okay? But God is saying, I, I'm giving you one directive, but a big promise. I'm promising you if you come, I'm going to give you rest. I pr- promise if you come and cast all your cares upon me, I, I'm going to give you, I'm, I, I got a good big promise for you. Just one directive, come. And sometimes we're just like, Don't even move. Now, I mean, sometimes we have problems why we can't move. I'm not going to just make it like we're all lazy. I, I can only say about my life, okay? I've been very lazy, okay? So I'm not going to put it on all you because, you know, I'm not, okay? So I know in my life God has bid me come. See, that's what, can you imagine, think about Peter on that boat. All of them could have walked on the water. Come. 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 But everyone had their own reason. But Peter, everybody thinks about him going gulp, 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 gulp. But what I think about is, what I think about is, he walked on water. Whether it was one microsecond or five minutes. He walked on water because why? Because when God bid him come, he came. And this morning, God 
He wants to heal us. And every opportunity that we get, that's him saying, come. Every opportunity in the word of God, every opportunity like going to a women's empowerment, every opportunity coming to Bible study, every opportunity when he wakes you up at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, it's, uh, there's always going to be a little bit of inconvenience on us, right? Even when he wakes me up at 2 o'clock in the morning, right? And I hear him, come, come pray, come get in the word. But I'm going to get the bigger side, right? If I just wake up, go get on my knees, talk to him and pray. The inconvenience is 2 o'clock in the morning that he said, come. But once I come, it has never failed. I don't know about you guys. But once I really come, when God bids me to come, no matter what time of the morning, no matter what inconvenience it is, he blesses me. He heals me. He delivers me. He imparts to me something. He does something so great. So Jesus wants to heal. But there's a part on our side where we have to reach. So let's go to the familiar story, maybe not familiar to everyone, so that's why I'm going to read it. But the story in Mark 5, 25 through 34 in the King James Version. And it says, and a certain woman. And me and I don't want us to get lost this morning because we had a women's empowerment. And, you know, it, it, it made me last last night. I said, well, maybe I should say woman. I should say woman or man, you know, so... But but the women read the Bible and it says he and we, we transpose it to she. So we all can do that this morning, right? Okay, so it says this. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. This, this story, we've, I've read it so many times. You can read it again after I read it today. And you're going to still get more out of it. It's just a story that keeps us alive and is alive in our situations. And so I want to break it down f- for the women today. We would no- understand what an issue of blood was. We know some of us have not went 12 years, 
but some of us have went many years with an issue of blood, okay? Um, when I went many years with an issue of blood and it was because of fibroids that I had and so would bleed very, very, very heavy. And what this bleeding does is it's not just the very fact that you're bleeding that's, that's you know, all the time, that's that alone who wants to bleed all the time, but that constant bleeding takes energy out of you. It, it drains your energy. It, it makes you feel tired. It, for a lo long time, I didn't know what was going on. I was just tired and tired and tired. And, and, and I lost so much blood that I had to finally go in and get, get blood transfusions because I lost so much blood. And then that's when they found out that I had fibroids. And so I had to have surgery for, but, but, but you'll never know. See, I understand this woman because you'll never know uh, what a miracle is and what a blessing that was to have that dried up. Amen. So anybody that's had the surgery and you no longer bleed like that, you know what that is. That is something to run, jump, shout about. It's something that to thank God about because it's a whole different feeling in your body than when you're bleeding constantly all the time. Just so many inconveniences. But in her day, it was even more inconvenient because the law made, made so there were so many laws about women uh, and, their, and bleeding. Women couldn't even sit on a seat. They had to be outside of the camp. If you read the Old Testament, when it was time for their period, they had to be outside of the camp. They were considered unclean. Uh -huh. They could not even sit on a chair right. because that issue was considered unclean. So it was a whole different, we don't think like they have to go through that. They had to declare themselves unclean. You know, women, if we had to walk and say, I'm unclean, no, we would be, we'd be a little upset, right? Yeah. We would not say it, but they had to declare it, and they were known because they, they were in a tent outside of where they usually resided. They were sent to this tent that labeled them as unclean. How would y'all like that? I wouldn't even like it if there was a whole bunch of other women in there with me. Because us ladies know that if we're all bleeding at the same time, bleeding doesn't just affect us one way, but it kind of affects that. We get a little ooky. You know, we're not ooky. We're ooky all over, okay? And so I wouldn't even want just to go through that. But this was what, what she was going through, okay? She, this woman, 12 years, y'all. She has this 12 years. She has this issue. Now, for some of the women, men that are like, okay, okay, y'all have issues too. So we might read, we might hear it's talking about an issue that was of bleeding, but let's bring it on home that we all in this room, in this very room, we all have issues. And... No matter how we look this morning, all right, we look good, and many of us faces look good. We, we dressed up. We smell good. We, but underneath all of that is issues. A lot of times we can smell pretty. We know how to say the right thing. 
And you know, Mr. Anita, even while I'm waving my hands, worshiping, dancing, singing, we still got issues. Right? I, I would just love to see anyone raise their hand this morning and say, I'm issueless. Is that a good word? <laughs> Jessica? Jessica, was that, did I say a good word this morning? Issue free. Okay, issue free. Can anybody say, I'm issue free. I have no issues in my life. Nothing I'm concerned about. Nothing that bothers me. Nothing that aggravates me. Nothing that if it didn't pop up right now, y'all see a whole different letter. Yeah, like one of the pastors, he calls me Linda when I'm, and then he calls me Linda when I'm another whole way. Y'all don't see me that way that often. Okay. Maybe Johnny. Okay. Uh, but we all have issues. And one of the things about issues, they're usually a private problem. Okay, it, it, it's private. Her, you know, her, her, it was only that, you know, she had to say that she was on it. But it's not something that's, you know, ho- hopefully that's just sticking out all over where you just know. Okay, it's not like the zit on your face. Okay, it's a private problem that you're not telling anybody about. It's a private problem that, that after you sing hallelujah at church and you get in your car, and you get back home. Nobody knows about that problem. Nobody. It's a private problem. Our issues are something that we usually try to, you know, keep under wraps. Keep under cover. And why? Because we don't want anyone to know. We want to cover them up. We want to hide them. We want, we want to present ourselves as mighty warriors of God. You know, when they was up here doing I'm a war cry, I love all those songs, and I, I love to get into it. And da, 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 da. But there's moments that if you saw, you know, in here, mm-hmm. But then there's moments in my life when it's not, mm-hmm, it's, There's moments in my life where, 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 where I see someone coming at the door, because this gives us a better analogy. It's almost like everything's not cleaned up, and here comes Jessica. And what's going to happen is either we're going to stand at the door, <laughs> hi, how you doing? I got things to do. Or we're just not, I, I'm just going to be honest, I'm just not going to open the door. I know some of you guys in here know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me amazed. I know you know how to look through that peephole and say, wait, not today. I'm not opening the door. Why? Because there's something that you don't want to be exposed. Having have an intense fellowship with your husband and uh, the phone rings and you're just, ta Hello. How are you doing? Because we don't, we don't get on the phone. We don't, we being like, you getting on my nerves? Hello, my husband's getting on my nerves right now. We don't do that, right? We don't do that. 
We don't we don't do that. We we just hi, how are you? How are you doing? And you're looking at him like let's let's turn it on, turn it off because of those issues. But there's places that we are still ashamed, but I want us to recognize this morning, even when I'm saying that, is it doesn't matter. Some people will say, well, you know, because you're saved, you shouldn't be having problems. Because you're saved, you shouldn't be acting like that. Because you're saved, you sh- what? You do what? You shouldn't. Because you're saved, okay, to a certain level, to a certain level, that's right. But to the level that God is changing us and making us, we are going to have problems in our life. And we are going to have areas of sin and, and weaknesses that God brings before us that we're not done. When I came up to this altar, okay, and said, I give my life to Jesus, the strangest thing about it is that I still went home and I still got mad at Pastor David. The strangest thing about it is that I, I still slam doors. I just give, gave my cried, slobbered, and snotted on the altar. But I still went home, come on, slammed the door. I still got mad at people doing stupid things, and I would yell at them and say, Why are you so stupid? Y'all, y'all can't imagine me doing that. But I do, I, I know, thank God, it's, she's changed me so much. But I, I did those things. And there are some days that if I am not in my word and doing my disciplines, that girl shows up again. And what I've learned about is something is that, learned about this girl, that when you die, the worst, the, the ugliest is when you bring a dead man back. That's when, when, when you look at yourself and you're like, did I do that? Because you bought a dead man. You know, we're, we're dying, and, but you go back and under the, the blood has covered you, and you know, but then that dead man, that dead man. But what I found out that he's not really dead. I'm not completely dead, y'all. Because that's why Paul said, die daily. Because if we don't die daily, we'll just, we'll just resurrect. And here we hear, I, I, that's why I, that, that movie, Dead Men Walking, that's what I see sometimes us walking around like those people, that, them zombies, because there's a part of us that we've allowed. There you go, walking dead. So sometimes we're not walking alive. I'm alive. I'm alive in Christ. Sometimes we're still walking dead. And there's some places that has to die. And, and, and if we're not careful about it, we and, and, and make sure that we're standing before the throne of grace, then that dead man, right? And so the issues we got, we have to, this morning, we have to look at that problems are a part of life (laughs) not just a part of the world's life the sinner's life but a part of our life issues are not just a part of the world's life but they're part of our life come on 
And here we go right now. Sin is sin is not just a part of the world's life. Can I get an amen? Sin is not just a part of the world's life. Saved, sanctified, water baptized, <laughs> Holy Ghost filled. Sin, sin is still a war in my life. The, the difference the difference is, is that before I just walked in sin without a conscience, without yeah, conviction, yeah. without power. Yeah, yeah. But now yeah. when sin comes, I have the Holy Spirit Hallelujah. that convicts me, that instructs me, that teaches me, and empowers me. So that I don't have to make a habit of sin anymore. Okay, I don't have to make a habit of sin. Now I can stop that habit because of the, if I listen to the Holy Spirit and I allow the Holy Spirit to impart its power to me, I don't have to have the I can't help it. The devil made me do it. No, I realize, wait a minute, I can do all things through Christ. And he shed his blood so that sin would no longer have dominion over me. It, it means that now I can acknowledge sin as sin. And I don't have to keep making excuses for it. I don't have to keep acting like, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. But through the word of God, I learned to know, wait a minute. But remember, when you first come up here, you don't get over all that stuff because some of that stuff you don't you you haven't even noticed. It's just so much a part of your life. It's just who I am. You, this is what I do. You, you don't just walk around and be saying, "Oh, that's wrong. That's sinful against God." No, you, this is this is what I do. This is when I get mad at you, I go talk about you. There's not something in me. There's not something till I come to Christ. There, this is normal. This, this is, this is, you know, dysfunction is normal to me. This, this is what I do. This is what the world does. This is what we do. This is how we roll in the world. We get mad and we talk about each other. Come on. I like you today. I hate you tomorrow. Come on. There's nothing until I come before the light of the word. I mean, for God begins to expose these places that I just walk out and I get before the word. See, the word is what lets us know sin is sin, okay? And before I get to the, now some people might like, yeah, you know that's wrong. You know that's wrong. Let me tell you another part about it. Until I come to God, I don't care. That's the real deal. I don't care that it's wrong. I don't care that you're that 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 I offended you. My life is all about me, okay? The person uh, preserving my life, okay? And so I'm, I don't really care. So all of that that's in me when I come up to this altar, it's one one of the things you know says, in, and behold, you know you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things now. But when I walk out of, thing, out of here, understand this, all things have to be revealed. Right. And all these things have to be um, healed. Mm -hmm. 
okay, revealed and healed and delivered in my life. But they have to be revealed to me. No, that's not. And some of those things, like, like Amanda said this morning, some of those things I don't want to do. Mm-mm. So, so there's, there's, a, there's a war going on. Forgive your husband. What? What? Forgi- I said, forgive your husband. Look in the word of God. It says forgive. And then it said, it didn't even just say forgive, you guys. It said, if he does something to me, how many times? Creature <laughs> said too many times. It says 70 times. I'm reading the word of God and I'm like, uh-uh, this is ridiculous. But as I become, as God begins to deal with our heart, remember it's our hard heart that when we come to God, our, our hearts are hard. And as the word is coming, God has to come into our hearts and soften our hearts toward his word. He has to break up that hard, fallow ground so that the seed of the word can go in. And as the seed of the word go in, that's why we keep coming to his word. Because when we come to his word, that's like watering a plant. That's like watering it and making that ground softer so that we can receive and, and then walk it out and then apply it to our lives. I'm telling you, God wants to heal us. He wants to heal us, but we are going to have to reach. Lord, I want to be. Remember what I said? Sometimes the biggest issue is I don't want to do that. I don't want to come out of that. I don't want to let that go. I don't want to do what your word says. I want to fornicate. I don't want to. What? I want to do because a lot of sin is not, doesn't feel bad. A lot of sin feels actually very good. And the thing you don't, you don't get the, <laughs> and you, the thing is, y'all help me preach this morning. <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, is that you don't feel no repercussions usually right away. You just feel the good. You just feel the good. You don't feel the repercussions and, until, see, that's how, how, how sin is. Sin, sin makes you feel so wonderful and, ooh, wonderful, and just make you want more, want more, more, because that's how sin is. It's a trap. Pulls you in, pulls you in, pulls you in until it gets you in, and then it, sh- then it shows you the flip side of the coin. But it doesn't show, it, it shows you something really beautiful when it, when it pulls you. And then we find ourselves in these places where we're broken, where our dignity is gone, <laughs> where, our, where sin is stolen, our identity. We find ourselves in places where, how did I get here? But, we, but, but like, it'll take you further than you ever wanted to go, okay? But, but now you're there, and, and now what am I going to do about this? And, and it's broke you, and it's stolen from you, and it'll steal from you, and not just from you, but it'll steal from those things that you love and the people that you love, and it, and it steals. And all of a sudden, you're like, why am I here? And then when the enemy gets you into a trap, he takes away your hope. Because most of us, when we get into sin a little bit, we think we got, you know, because we're still kind of like strong in our own uh, worldly mind that I, 
I, not I can do all things through Christ, but I can do all things through me. And so when we get in, we feel like, oh, man, I can do this. I can handle this. Even though when we see it that, wait a minute, this thing is kind of catching me up a little bit. But there's something inside of us that goes, you know what? But I got this. I got this. And, and, and Satan loves when we, we got this. He loves all of us. He loves all of us that walk around and say, I can handle this. I got this. Anytime, I, when I listen sometimes, my heart first wants to laugh. I do want to laugh. Then I want to cry. But because I laugh, because I know I've been there. But th- that, you know what, I, I got this. Anytime, I've heard people say, anytime I want to quit smoking weed, I'll quit smoking weed. I'm just telling y'all, anytime I want to quit this relationship that I'm in, this person that I'm with, anytime I want to quit, I'll quit. I'm doing what I'm I'm doing me. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm in control. And Satan just going, (laughs) That's what I am depending on. That you think you can do something that has defeated people over. And then people go, well, that's not my story. (laughs) That's not going to happen to me. Sin is sin. And the consequences is built in every sin is the consequences. And what we need to realize that. No, it may not catch you. And, and it probably won't catch you for a real long time because Satan has figured you, figured you out, your self-reliance. And he wants you to be self-reliance for a long time. He said, now somebody else I might have pulled, let them get out because, they, you know, they, they were like, you know, I need to get out. But some, somebody else, they'll be, I can do this. And Satan's going, you can do it. And I'm going to let you look like you can do it. And I'm going to let you look like you fine. And I'm going to you, make you look like you all right in this. You're going to look successful. You're going to look good. You're going to look like you got it going on. Why? Because some people are following you. That's right. Hey, come on, you And your story makes them feel like they can do the same thing. But God said, just go ahead and be my Pied Piper. Ooh. Go ahead and be my Pied Piper. You're not following the word of God, but you're being my Pied Piper. And people are looking at you because I'm letting you be successful. I'm letting you come out looking good. And people are like, well, hey, you don't have to, you don't have to do all that. Look at They look pretty good. I'm following. Them. What hap- but what happened when the Pied Piper kept on playing his little fiddle? The little rats all ended up in. The enemy's never just concerned about one of us, y'all. He is concerned about all of us, all of us. So the healing God is saying that we need to be healed this morning. And we need to recognize in our heart, I need to be healed. I need to be. Many of us are walking in a place that we need to be delivered. Uh, We have found a substitute for God's way. Have you ever tried something and it didn't seem to be working, so now you go and try to get a sub- substitute. But this thing really is, is the answer, but you try to find it. Well, that's what we do in Christ. We find a substitute, and we go find something else so that it can, you know, look like it's going to work, and it will try to look like it's going to work, but it can never work. 
Anything outside of God's will, it will. Can I say that? I want everybody to know this this morning. Anything we're doing outside the will of God, it will not work. It's a mirage. It will not work. Say it. It will not work. I don't care what you're doing. It will not work. It's, it's something just to fool us, to, to keep us in that place. And I can hear the song in the organ playing saying, it's almost time to end, Pastor Linda. Anything that we're doing outside the will of God, you guys, our healing must come to the point, I want to be healed. I want to be delivered. And I want to be delivered by God. In this story, it said that she went to many, many, many physicians. To so many physicians that she lost all of her money. And it said she didn't get better. She only got worse. Now, I'm not up here trying to put down no doctor or any physician. But what I am saying is this, is that our hope better be in the Lord. The Bible lets us know that they're in a multitude of, and I want us to understand this, what it's saying, because sometimes we do not understand this. It says in a multitude of counselors, there are safety. But what kind of counselor are you going to? Who is giving you your advice? If they have no, if they have no, no godly wisdom, and I believe because I believe this with my whole heart, that in every field and genre uh, walking on this earth, God has a godly person. That's what, that's what it's all about, is that he's calling godly people into the marketplace so that they can lift up the name of Jesus, that they can seek him for wisdom, so that when you, they give you wisdom, the wisdom is not just of their flesh, of their wisdom, it's the wisdom of God. Kathy Ann is sitting on a bus. She's doing things with children because she's an ambassador of the kingdom so that when she's sitting there, I don't care what they say about don't pray or nothing. We, see, that's the fun. They can't tell us not to pray, right? Because we can pray right up in our, hmm, my mind saying all kind of in the name of Jesus. And I don't have to even open my mouth and my head. I'm praying. Do you understand? There's times where they, they'll seek her out. And I've seen this on when I worked in the hospital. They will know that you are of God and that people will seek you out. You don't, have to, you don't even have to, once they know you're of God, they'll seek. I, so many times back in the room when I was um, setting, making the table up for the instruments for the lady, somebody would come back there and say, Pastor, Pastor Linda, would you pray? You know, they first they called me first lady, but they made fun of it because they didn't understand what that meant. But then they understood what, you know, that I was a pastor. But they would come back, will you pray for me? Or this is going on in my marriage. So because they see the godliness on us because we're not really there just because of that natural assignment. Everywhere that we're at, we're there because we are spiritual ambassadors of the kingdom. And God has work for us to do. And he has people that are going to come to us and they're going to want prayer. They're going to want wisdom. And so when he says, seek godly counselors, you guys, so she went. I'm telling you, God will lead you to meet. When we pray about a doctor, it's last time me and Pastor David, we were praying. Who should be our doctor? 
The first thing I'm looking for is, does he know Jesus? I'm not kidding. That's the first thing I'm looking. I'm not just gullible like, oh, no. Does he know Jesus? Does he believe in prayer so that when his knowledge runs out, and he's over me with the knife, I can know that he's going to lift up, pray, God help me, give me wisdom, show me what to do with this organ that I don't know how to, that's what, come on, who are we looking for, for, for counsel, who, who, when, when I, if I'm going to lay on your chair, you better know something about Jesus, Come on, I, I got too much crazy going on for you to be crazy too. I need you to know you know about, I'm just being honest. The Bible said in a multitude of counsel there is safety, but there is no safety outside of someone knowing Jesus Christ. I have been in people who have went to counselors. I have been where they have opened up a can of worms and didn't know how to close that can. And people have come back to me and pastor crazier than when they went in. I'm just being honest. They opened up stuff, opened up stuff, but they didn't know how to lead them back to the heart of God. And, and people have come out more hateful, more bitter, more unforgiving. And I was like, what are you getting from this? Those that God leads, he always, see, if you lead, you're going to lead people to Christ, not to yourself. Because in me, there's just no good thing. This just, no, well, that's the word of God says that. So I have to lead them, right, to Christ. So she had went and she, with this issue, but this day, this day, on this day, she had heard about Jesus. And I'm hoping on this day, you're hearing about Jesus. And I'm hoping on this day, I don't know where you've gotten your counsel from. Get your counsel from your friends. Don't get your counsel from people. I don't know why we go to people about marriage that it, they, they marriage ain't even together. Why do we do that? Why do we go to people about marriage and, 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 and they're leaving their marriage and you think they're going to tell you to stay with yours? Why do we do that? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in God's law does he meditate day and night. When we're seeking counsel, I got to be seeking somebody who's going to take me back to the world. Because it's going to be so easy. It'll be so easy when I'm mad and I'm upset at Pastor David. It'll be so easy, easy for Donita to, to say, yep, if I was you, I'd leave him. You don't need to be taking that stuff. It's messing up your head, girl. Walk out. I'll be like, I'll be like, Donita's a life counselor. I'm leaving you today. See, it would be so easy. But you, uh, <laughs> you, you need somebody that's going to take you back. And, and everybody that's in here, when I was praying this morning, this is what God told me this morning, to tell every doctor, to tell every counselor, to tell every pastor, to tell every elder, to tell every Sunday school teacher, to tell anybody that's in leadership, you're called to lead them to me, not yourself. 
You're called to lead them to the word and not yourself. And sometimes we go, but you know that where I work at, they don't want us to talk about the word. Just live the word. Just live the word. You know what? Sometimes we're so worried about the laws of what people say we can or cannot do. One thing they can't stop you is from living it. If, 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 if I'm coming to lay on your couch about my marriage, but I can look at your marriage, I can see your pictures up on the, on the desk, and I see your children, and I see your husband, and when you're talking to me, it's about a good things about you. You're already telling me. You're already showing me. You're living it. Just live it. Live it out loud. Don't, don't be the one sitting at, at work, and you're the, you're the marriage counselor, but you're sitting at work, and you're like, he just got on my nerves this morning, man. I, I just can't. You're the one putting your husband down or your wife down in front of, of, in front of, the, of, of the sinner man and expecting the sinner man to find Christ. Not going to work. Not going to work. You're the one that's supposed to be bringing hope, and you're hopeless. Not going to work. It's not going to work, you guys. You're not being the ambassador. That's why we come together right now is to get strengthened so that when God sends us out into the field, we are not get, trying to get strength from those that need strength from us. We are getting the strength so that now we can go out and I can impart the strength that is needing. God said, be healed, but reach. Come on, reach. We got to be full persuaded that God loves us. We've got to be fully persuaded that God loves you. And that when we are fully persuaded, and this is one part I'm going to end on because there's so much more to it. We have to be fully persuaded that God loves us for us to reach. If I'm walking around and I'm feeling unworthy. See, one thing, we can go through things and we can count how long we've been through it. I've been through this a long time. And we start counting ourselves as a failure, unworthy, um, not able. If we do that and we think that God doesn't love us, what it does, it affects how I worship God. How can I worship him abandoned and wide open and, and, and with joy if I think that the one that I'm worshiping doesn't love me? But when I think that he loves me. I love that song that a man in him sing called Clean because it said there's nothing too dirty that he won't find worthy. And you know what that, that's a childlike mind. It's almost like, a t- have you seen, have you ever had one of your babies poop is coming out of their diaper? They're, you know, they poop is poop, they're na- they're, and you're thinking, but, but they're running up to you like this. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Now, some of us as adults, when the ch- baby is running up to you, oh, my God, you know, especially if it's not your baby. Go find your mama. But, <laughs> but, but understand this. God never does that. You stink in the high heaven, poop coming out your diaper, and you're running up to the Father, and the Father is scooping you up. He's cleaning you off. He's loving you. He's not putting you. That's what God wants us to know. But the enemy wants us to feel like, oh, you've messed up. Oh, 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 you're not. And, and we as people perpetuate it. But, but, but that's a lie from the pit. 
You don't deserve. You're not worthy. Look what you did last night. Look what you did this morning. Oh, you don't, you don't deserve my love. You stink. I smell you. Get away. That's what the enemy wants us to feel. But God, I don't know what, but you guys, do y'all notice something? This I don't know if anybody notices anything. What do y'all notice this morning? <laughs> yes, I'm walking. Hallelujah. I just thought about it. I walked off of these steps. I didn't fall. Oh, thank you, Lord. Anyway, where was I? Okay. Poopy and nasty. God will scoop you up. He's safe. You're my child. And everybody can be looking and say, ah, oh, my God, nasty. You're my child. And when we don't just sing, I am a child of God, but we believe that we are a child, believe it to our core. I'm not a child of God because of how I look or what I have or how I talk or my intelligence. I'm a child of God because he's my father. And unless you're a pretty bad father or mother, that's just kind of like some cases. We have some cases. But most parents, we get a little bit, you know what? Even if my child got some poop coming out the diaper and, and um, I see your face and you looking at my child like, I'm going to get a little Come bit. That's my child. Amen. Keep your opinion over there. Amen. If you ain't going to help the situation. Right? So our Heavenly Father is the same way about us. And that's why we got to be so careful about how we treat each other. Because every last one of us are his children. And so when I, I'm looking at you like, <laughs> you smell. <laughs> when I'm looking at you like that, my fa- your father and my father, is that's my child. That's my child. I don't care what you don't like about him. I don't care what you think is wrong with him. I don't think how out of the box you think he is. That's my child. You don't step up to to daddy God and say what? Nothing. Because we are. This is where we need to get healed. In our thinking of who am I? And what I learned is as long as I don't honor Pastor David. And his, his um, relationship with God, my relationship with God is not going to be whole. As long as I don't honor him, as long as I, God loves me, but there's uh, over here, my relationship with God is not going to be whole. Because, it, because all, it always says this one thing, that there's something that changes God's love for someone. There's somehow Pastor da- if there's somehow Pastor David that stops God from loving Pastor David, there's surely something about me, <laughs> right, that will stop God from loving me. And so my worship is going to be not whole. My prayers are not going to be whole because always in there there's a little bit of, uh, if I do this wrong or I do that wrong or if I'm out of pocket, God, let me tell you, God absolutely loves you. Come on, this morning I need you guys to know God loves the murderer. God loves the abortionist. God lo- he doesn't like the act, but he loves the person. I tell you that right now. And all, we get it mixed up. 
We put the act as the person. And then we go, but God loves. He loves everybody. He loves the gossiper. He loves the one that talks about you every day. He loves the one that smiles in your face and talks behind your back, backstabber. He loves them. Absolutely loves them. Abs- I'm telling you, absolutely love. He loves the prison guys that have done horrendous things. We don't like to hear that. But he, I, I thought that one day I was like, whoa, when I was thinking about Jeffrey Dahmer and all them different ones. God loves them. Absolutely loves them. And you know how I know? Because it said, it didn't say he died for the sins of the pretty okay people he said he died for the sins of the whole entire world and anyone who reaches for him who reaches for him he will reach and pull anyone that reaches Anyone, do you, let's get it this morning. And that should bring us, sometimes it doesn't bring us peace because I want somebody punished for what they did to me. But thank God that he doesn't answer that prayer. I I, I read that it says God answers prayers in a way that if, if, he answers prayers only in a way that if we knew exactly what he knew, we would have prayed a different way. But because we're so young and immature in knowing what's around the corner, aren't you glad God, because sometimes I've asked God to do somebody in right here, because right here I was righteous Sally. But I went on in my life and there's some things that came up and I wanted God to end them, do them in, but down here, righteous Sally made a, made a curve and a turn, and she was unrighteous. But she didn't go back and say, God, do unto me what I asked you to do to others. I said, have mercy. Heal me. Deliver me. And I really wanted him to. And he did it, you guys. And he healed me and he delivered me even though right here, I was saying, put him in jail. (laughs) Do him in. Wipe him off the face of this earth. Even in my, he, he didn't do what I asked. Thank you, Lord. Because God is a righteous judge. And if he had done what I asked, then he'd have to be righteous judge with me like that. And he says, you don't really want that. You don't want what you're asking for because you got a day coming where you're going to need mercy. You're going to need grace. You're going you're gonna to do a stupid thing. You're going to do an honorary thing. You're going to do a mean thing. You're going to do a horrendous thing. And you're going to need my mercy and grace. Let's stand. God wants to heal us. God wants to heal us. God wants to heal us.
Do not let the enemy steal your healing. You're worthy of healing because of God's grace. You don't have to present any other credential. But God's grace is reaching out and you reach back. I want to be healed. How many this morning want to be healed? want to be here I want just for one minute I want you to close your eyes and I don't want you to go to the ordinary because you know I could say right now that I want to be to, to be healed in my body I you know I want to be off of medications but this morning I want to go to some heart issues because what God told me there is a lot of heart issues that are manifesting in physical issues Stress, anxiety, worry, anger, bitterness. Do you know the, the, the mind issues this morning? Things that, that, that you're so mad at. Some of us are not even mad at a situation. We're actually mad at God. We have an issue with God. And this morning as we stand at our seats... I just want you to right there, right there. Let God know you want healing. I want to love that one I hate. I want to forgive that one that hurt me so bad. I want to get rid of prejudice, God. Sometimes prejudice just isn't about a color. It's just I have prejudice against people who are not like me. And Father, instead of being able to show them your love without abandonment, Lord, I pull back. They disgust me. They repulse me. They... I don't want to be around them. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I look happy. But when I go into my house, I'm depressed. Nobody knows how much it took just for me to come out the door today. Heal me, Father. Heal me. There are relationships that need to be mended. Help me, God. Help me to say I'm sorry. Whether they say they're sorry or not. Free me to free myself, God. In the name of Jesus. God, let me do my part. You bid me come. Your word of God tells me what to do. And all I have to do is come, God. And then you will empower me to do that thing that I feel that I cannot do. 
Oh, God, let me take that step to come. God, where I don't trust you, heal me. Where I blame you, heal me. Where my heart says you wasn't there, you weren't there on time, you didn't handle it right, and it makes me just be distant from you. Heal me, God. Heal me, God. I come, God. I, I come to you, God. I want to be healed. I want to be healed. God, I don't want this anger to be my power. I don't want this bitterness to be my power. I don't want this hatred to be my power. I don't want to be empowered by those things that are not of you that makes me feel powered, powerful. Those things that builds up walls to keep people out, oh God. God, I want to risk to love again. I want to be able to risk to love again. And I want to count on you, God. I want to count on you that you're helping me, that you're covering me, that you're protecting me. God, in the name of Jesus, shut the mouth of the enemy and let me hear your voice. Father, heal the marriages in here, God, that, that, that are crying out. Heal the marriages, God. Heal my heart, God, so that I can respond the way that you would want me to respond. Deliver me, God. God, those that have been divorced that have said, I'll never, ever go through this again. I'll never get. Oh, God, heal those inner vows right now in the name of Jesus. God, let us count on you. Let us count on you that you absolutely love us. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, my God, that is who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Lord. He's a promise keeper. Amen. May we be healed, you guys. May we be healed in Jesus' name. Said, may we be healed in Jesus' name. This is one thing I'm learning from the word of God. When there is something going on in me, and I thank God for, for um, um, Mama D and some terms that have really awakened something in me. But when I, something's going on in me, I'm learning to take it further than Linda, you have diabetes, or Linda, you have a headache, or because sometimes we don't go to the spiritual thing <laughs> that's causing the symptoms. The headache can just be a symptom of some spiritual stress. Hallelujah. Do you understand? But I never go there. I, I, just help this headache, help this headache. Help this stomach ache. Help this back ache. Help instead of, Lord, <laughs> where's that spiritual stress? Where's that bitterness that got me so tight that is manifesting through my back? Where, where is that, 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 that stress, that hurt, that pain, that, that hatred that, that is manifesting in, in, in poison in my body that's, that's, because really we, 
that's not just something I'm saying, but that's something that doctors and, and scientists, there's a link between what we're allowing in our thought life that will manifest in our health life. And if we don't go to see what it is, what it is, what I'm unforgiveness is holding this, holding this, and I'm holding, as I'm holding unforgiveness, my body is holding negative and poisons and stuff that, that affects my, we need to stop and say, wait a, wait a minute, God, what a part, see, we, we, we're spiritual beings. And as we come to Christ, we get more spiritual every day. And we need to say in ourselves, what am I not doing according to your word that is allowing an opening a door in my life so it can manifest through my body? And some things about God is so wonderful that he allows manifestation through our bodies. Now, wait a minute. I don't want somebody might be like, oh, no, now she's making me feel condemned because I got this. I'm not making I'm making you aware that there is more excellent way and there's a way that's deeper that when I don't say to myself, see, 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 I can say I have diabetes, but I also have disobedience. So I need to get to the spiritual root of this so that God can do the natural, right? So uh, some of us can say, I have this terrible, terrible migraine, but all the time I'm hating and I'm bitter and I'm mad. And every time I see certain people, I can't stand them. I can't. And I'm holding all this inside. It's got to go somewhere. Come on. I'm, this is just, this is from the Lord, you guys. This is something that we just need to, I'm just asking you to look into it, okay? And ask God, God, show me. The word David says, search me and try me. And if you find any wicked way within me, David, put it up before God. Don't just look at my outward appearance. Look at this heart. Give me a clean heart, oh God. Because if my heart's clean, it's going to help the rest of me, right? So this morning, as we bow our heads, Lord, I just thank God for everyone that is here this morning. Everyone, I'm so glad you're here this morning. So I'm so glad you're here this morning. So glad you're here this morning. So glad every last one of you are here this morning because this word is for us. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, as we stand up under this word, I ask right now, God, that you would heal us. First, heal us in our thoughts of what we think of you what we think that you think of us. Give us right perspective that you love us, that you sing over us. We are your children, God. And God, nothing poopy, nasty. You said, what can separate me from the love of God? And you said, nothing, absolutely nothing. Let us grab that, receive it, celebrate it, get happy about it, oh, get secure in it, God, so that we can walk out your word. And Father, I pray for this to be a healing week. And in that, I pray that as I even seen, as I walked off this stage and just noticed, God, that I was walking without that pain in my foot. God, I pray that this week, that as we are walking, you are releasing 
us from painful places. As we are walking, we look back and say, ah, that's not there anymore. Oh, Lord, I claim it over every single one of your children as we reach towards you in Jesus' name. We're going to do the work, God. We're going to do the work, God. We're going to reach towards you as you're reaching toward us. And we thank you right now in Jesus' name. Father, if there's anybody this t today that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, God, we invite them to the altar this morning. Father, you want to be not just Savior, but Lord of our lives. And Father, we just invite anyone that says, Jesus Christ, I need you in my life. You're tired of going it alone. Remember the lady, she came to Jesus ultimately, but not immediately. So she went through a whole lot of doctors and all that, but ultimately she came to Jesus. And today this may be your ultimately day. It's ultimate. You, you've tried everything, you, you, everything, but today is your day. And God's saying, come, come my son, come my daughter. Come, my child. He's saying, come. He waits. This is the day that the Lord has made. But I tell you that as long as there's breath in your body, he bids you come. And he will stand at your door and he will just keep knocking and knocking and knocking. And you know how I told you how I can look out the door sometimes and I'm not ready and so I don't open the door. You know, my guests will go away. But let me tell you, Jesus won't. He's going to keep knocking because he loves you that much. He wants to bless you and save you and deliver you and heal you just that much. So in the name of Jesus, Lord, those right now that are deciding... Father, it's you that draws. It's you said, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. May your loving kindness sweep over their spirits today or even during this week that as they hear your invitation to come, that they can come. They don't have to be in this building to come. Father, they can get on the side of their bed and say, Jesus Christ, please be Lord of my life. I come to you. They can be driving in their car and say, Lord, Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, they're so, wherever they're at, you are. And they can accept that invitation in Jesus' name. Even the backslider, those that have been wounded and walked away, God, they can come. God, you've been waiting. You've been watching. You've been waiting. Arms open wide. Oh, God, and they'll find that you rush to them. You run to them. You don't run away from them, but you run to them as they're running to you. You say, my son, which is lost, is now found, and you want to do a party for them to come home. God, we thank you. Bless every member in this place today. Oh, God, help us to grow stronger in you. Help us to delight in you. Help us to find joy in you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. We know we went over it just a little bit this morning, or maybe a lot. I didn't even look at the clock. But the thing is, there's a song, you guys, that I want Amanda to sing, but I want you to close your eyes 
and I want you to hear the words. I just, these words are so important that you're not in this. I'm not asking you to do something that you're in it by yourself. You don't even have to depend on me because I, you know what? I got my bad days too, so it might be the same day as your day bad and I wouldn't be there. But the thing is, he will. God will. And I want you, there's a, another man in the fire. There's someone in the fire, God. We should be so happy when we walk out of here and realize we are not in the fires of life by ourselves, but he's in the fire with us. Thank you, Jesus. Sing it, Amanda. Amen. Thank God for that word. Here we go. Are the, oh, okay, the words are up there, you guys, if you want to see them. They're great words. Yes. There's a grace when a heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. Thank you, Jesus. And when I look at the space between where I used to be in this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. There was another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the waters. Holding back the seas And should I ever need reminding Of how I've been set free There is a cross that bears the burden Where another died for me There is another in the fire Thank you, God. Thank you, God. There's another in the fire. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. All my death left for death beneath the water. Come on, thank you, God. I am no longer slave to my sins anymore. And should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning, either way I won't bow to the things of this world, and I know. And I know I will never be alone. There is another in the fire standing next to me. There is another in the waters holding back the sea. And should I ever be reminded what power set me free? There is a grave that holds nobody. And the power lives in me. Come on, yes. There is another in the fire. Oh, there is another in the fire. Oh, there is another in the fire. Oh, there is another in the fire. Oh. 
I can see the light in the darkness. As the darkness bow to him, I can hear the roar in the heavens. As the space between dwells in, I can feel the ground shake beneath us. As the prison wall cave in, nothing stands between us. Nothing stands between us. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Nothing, Nothing stands. Come on. There is no other name but the name that is Jesus. Yes, yes. He who was and still is and will be through it all. So come with me in the space between all the things I've seen and this reckoning. I know I will never be alone. Thank you, God. And I know, and I know I will never be alone. There'll be another in the fire standing next to me. There'll be another in the water holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding, how good you've been to me. I count the joy of Mary battle. Cause I know that's where you'll be. I can see the light. I can see the light in the darkness. As the darkness bows to him, I can hear the roar in the heavens. As the space between when I can feel the ground shake beneath us. At the prison walls cave in, nothing stand between us. Nothing stand between us. There'll be another in the fire standing next to me. There'll be another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding how good you've been to me? I count the joy of every battle, cause I know that's where you'll be. I count the joy of every battle, cause I know that's where you'll be. I count the joy come every battle, cause I know that's where you'll be. I count the joy come every battle, cause I know that's where you'll be. Count the joy come every battle, cause I know that's where you'll be. What? What do you mean? <laughs>